Welcome to episode 168 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, (laughs) if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, are you struggling to lose weight despite fasting clean? Maybe you're even making healthy food choices, fasting more, shortening your eating window, ramping up your exercise, and yet the weight won't budge? Well, we actually just found a major reason for why that may be. As it turns out, there are compounds in our environment called endocrine disruptors, meaning they mess with your hormones. And studies show that a lot of these endocrine disruptors are actually obesogens, meaning they literally make you gain weight. They also make it hard to lose weight. These toxic obesogens are naturally stored in fat, So when they enter your body, your body creates fat to store them in to protect you. Once they're in that fat, they then change the genes in your fat stores so that you are more likely to store more fat and less likely to burn it. They can also affect your insulin signaling and boost your appetite. So you want to eat more and store more fat. And most of us are actually exposed to these obesogenic endocrine disruptors daily in our skincare and makeup. That is actually one of the largest sources of these compounds. Yep, as it turns out, when you're washing your face, putting on makeup, using lotion, or even putting on sunscreen, you are likely putting one of up to 1,300 compounds banned in Europe for their toxicity and obesity-causing potential. But they're completely fine for use in U.S. skincare. When you put them on your skin, you're making it that much harder to burn fat and that much easier to store fat. So if you're struggling to lose weight, you definitely, definitely want to clean up your skincare ASAP. You can do that easily with a company called Beauty Counter. They make safe skincare and makeup products that are extensively tested to be free of endocrine disruptors, obesogens, and other toxic compounds. They are truly safe and supportive of your health. You can shop with us at melanieavalon.com slash beautycounter. And if you use that link, something really special and magical might happen after you place your first order. If you'd also like exclusive discounts, giveaways, and the latest on the science of skincare, definitely get on my clean beauty email list. That's at melanieavalon.com slash clean beauty. So are you fasting clean inside and out? Well, now you can. All right, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 168 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. How are you today, Jen? I am doing fabulous. How about you? Good. I have bad news and good news. Uh Uh-oh. Well, hmm. I'll let you tell me whichever one you want to start with. I guess bad news so we can end on the good news. Okay. You know how I got broken into. Right. I thought they hadn't taken any of my sentimental jewelry. 
but I just realized they did. They took my most favorite because I kept it separate because it was my favorite. It was like diamond earrings and emerald earrings for my grandmother. They took it. So now I actually am really sad. That is really sad. I mean, you know, computers and technical things, you know, they can be replaced. But sentimental things, that stinks. Cried it out with the mom, did some tapping. <laughs> One of the reasons I wanted to say it on the podcast was I want to, like, put it out to the universe that maybe they'll come back to me. So that's what I'm doing with this. And then good news, though, two things happened this week that, like, myself five years ago probably would have like freaked out about in a good way. One related to acting, which I can't actually say until like November. So remind me then. Is that the thing you told me though by message? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's exciting. And then the second thing, I finally officially booked Rob Wolf for my podcast. Oh, I'm so glad. And he is the, like, he's the reason that you're paleo, that I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Like actually. Like I read the Paleo Solution like in 2012-ish and then never really looked back. I even like thank him and my book and it's funny. Normally I try to be pretty professional in the emails that I send to all of these guests, but my emails to him have just been like utter fangirling. It's almost nauseating, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm really excited. He has a new book coming out called Sacred Cow and I'm reading it right now and it's really wonderful. It's Well, it looks at the whole debate about is meat healthy, and then it is a discussion, which I haven't gotten to this aspect of it yet, but it's a discussion of like sustainability and regenerative agriculture and, you know, what is the most sustainable food system? Is that, you know, a vegetarian system? Is that inclusive of animals? So I'm really, really enjoying it. Good. That sounds wonderful. So I'm glad you got him on there. You know, when it's somebody that's that important to you and has been so instrumental on your journey... You know, there's just something special about that. I know. It's so surreal. Well, congratulations. I think it's really surreal, too, because I'm so excited. But the reason I said the thing about, like, five years ago, I think if this had happened five years ago, I would be I'd be freaking out right now. But in comparison, it just made me realize how grateful I am for how everything is happening. The time is right. Things happen when they are ready to happen. This is true. How about you? Anything new with you? Did I tell you we were working on our backyard, getting it remodeled? Did I mention that last time we talked? No. When we bought this house, you know, it was built in 79. And so, you know, they added on to it here and there throughout the decades. But the backyard needs a lot of work. Our pool had a tree crash in it back in 2014. So it's cracked. It needs to be you know, replastered. We, we knew all this when we moved in, so it's not a surprise. But we finally have connected with a contractor who did a project at one of our neighbor's houses, and it's just beautiful. And so we're going to add a screened porch, and we're going to have to pull up all the concrete that's around the pool and get everything replastered, you know, get it all back like it's supposed to be. It's going to be a fabulous backyard, and I'm so excited. Oh, that is exciting. But we've started, you know, we found we found someone to design the screen porch edition because it's, you know, it's all it's tricky with roof lines, and, you know, we have to have someone who knows what they're doing to draw plans for it. I've really missed not having a screened porch because my last house had one. You know, this house is really, it needs, it needs a good outdoor space, and we're going to create one. Are you going to create, like, a tropical oasis? Well, I don't know about a tropical oasis, but it'll be a gin oasis. 
the pool has got good bones. I mean, it's a good shape. It's not like square or rectangular or perfectly round. It's like a little, I don't know. It's not, is it kidney shaped? Is that what they call it? Maybe? I don't know. It just, it needs to be totally reworked to be modernized. I think it was put in in the 80s. Is it a saltwater pool? It is a saltwater pool, yeah. We did just have to replace the pool pump. You know, it's just when you buy an older house with older things, you know that you're going to have to do some things. That's the thing about, you know, homeownership. I'm really, really excited about the the project. It's going to be a big one, though. (laughs) I'm excited to see pictures. Yeah, well, who knows? Right now, we just have the the architect doing the the drawings. And so then I don't know how long it will take him. And then I think the whole process of tearing up is going to be, you know, because right now it's got decks, wooden decks, you know, like an L-shaped wooden deck with a couple of levels, but they're rotten. Like I can put my foot through the deck. Like in one little section, I could literally put my foot through it. It's rotten. And like I said, we knew that when we bought the house that it needed to be redone, but it's going to be nice having it put back together in a more maintenance-friendly kind of a way. Yeah, I I don't want to have a wood deck ever again made out of actual wood that has to be maintained. They painted it. So, I mean, it's been—it just needs—it needs total overhaul. It's exciting. I want to see. It is exciting. It is. So, it'll probably be a big mess for a long time, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, our neighbor's project is beautiful. So, little announcement for listeners. So, we are actually no longer a Himalaya-partnered podcast. I wanted to talk about that because I want you to all know I still am obsessed with Himalaya. It is the app that I use every single day of my life and will continue using. We just chose for this podcast to go independent And this is not a reflection on Himalaya, but we just really wanted to have the most input and control over the brands that we work with. And going independent is probably the best way to do that. So listeners, you can know that as per usual, the way it's always been, all the brands that we partner with are, you know, companies that we really, truly adore. And we think being independent is the best way for us to support that. Oh, can I also jump in there and say that intermittent fasting stories is still Himalaya partnered and will remain Himalaya partnered. So I just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) And the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast will be independent. So just in case listeners are wondering why we no longer mention Himalaya, but like I said, I still use the app all the time, every day. So I'll still be using our playlist that we have that listeners love. The Intermittent Fasting Podcast Stuff We Like playlist will still be there, but just wanted to put that out there. So guys, subscribe on iTunes. (laughs) Because apparently iTunes is like a big deal and we never talk about it. Subscribe there. Even if you listen on Himalaya, just subscribe anyway on iTunes. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Awesome. Shall we jump into everything for today? Yes, let's get started. We have some feedback from Sarah. And the subject is, after two years plateaued, I've reached a new low weight. Dear Melanie and Jen, I know a lot of people are gaining weight during quarantine and it feels weird to brag, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm on quarantine day 65, and today I reached my lowest weight so far since starting fasting. I'm 5'2", and I started this journey at 175 pounds in mid-2017. I lost around 25 pounds the first year to be around 150, and then plateaued for the next two years. I would go down as low as 143 and then bounce back up to 152. I was on this 9-pound back and forth for that whole time, averaging around 148 pounds. The good news is I never went up past 152, so I knew my set point changed from when I started, but I couldn't seem to stay in the low 140s for very long. 
Well, today I saw 142.8 on the scale. I know it's not that much lower and is basically still 143, but seeing that too represents a threshold I haven't passed until now. Also, I ordered the cutest shorts in a size 4 because they didn't have my size, usually a size 8, and figured I wouldn't even be able to get them on, but they button and are just a tiny bit small. Quarantine has been the perfect condition for weight loss for me. I live alone, so I'm not tempted to eat when others are eating and have full control over my grocery shopping. Going to the grocery store stinks, so I'm encouraged not to go through my groceries too quickly, which prevents me from eating when I'm not hungry. Fasting helps my immune system, and so does eating whole, unprocessed foods, though I have been baking and enjoying sweet treats every now and then. But I think the biggest thing is not being enticed by friends who want to go out to eat. Socializing has been my weight loss downfall this whole time. Hoping to be at my goal weight by the time quarantine is over. Haha. Ha. Love you both. Would not be where I am now without you. I know that for sure. Thanks a bunch, Sarah. And thank you, Sarah. It was great to hear that from you. I'm glad that quarantine has been a positive time for you. And I get it. Socializing. Yep. I thought this was a great email from Sarah because I feel like we've been getting so many emails about, you know, weight struggles during quarantine. So it's nice to hear the flip side of the coin. It's funny. I saw a meme. It was like, everybody's going to come out of quarantine either. I don't know what the first one was. It was something that was like overweight. And then it was like, or hunk or drunk, (laughs) which I thought was funny. Basically with this whole time, I think a lot of people are experiencing, you know, a lot of weight gain with the disruption, our lifestyle, which the more I think about it, I think that meat has a big part to play in that. What do you mean? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Oh, I thought you said meat. I'm like, meat? What are you talking about? Why are, are people eating more meat? During- <laughs> okay. Yeah, neat definitely makes more sense in that sentence than meat. Okay, got it. You're right. You're right. I do think so. I agree. Because I've always known about, you know, the power of NEAT. So basically, it's, for listeners, it's all the movement that you do every day that's not conscious exercise. So it's just walking around doing, you know, chores. It's fidgeting. It's standing up, sitting down. Walking to the parking lot at your job. Yeah, it's just, it's all the little movements. And the amount of calories it can actually account for is huge. And I was thinking about it more because somebody posted in my Facebook group, which my Facebook group, by the way, is IF Biohackers Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life. Please join me. But somebody posted there and they were commenting how with quarantine, they were exercising the same amount every day, but they didn't have, I guess, the job they were doing before. But from their perspective, they were saying how that job wasn't really like super active. So they didn't see why they were gaining weight now. And I think there is just something to, even if it's not that much of an active job, you know, something to like, I just think you move around more when you're living our quote, more normal lives. And we know that meat can account for thousands of calories difference. Right now I'm working my way through Dr. McGregor on Rich Roll. Sorry, I can't even say it without smiling. He started talking about fasting and I would just, Jen, I almost. <laughs> okay, anyways, but he was talking about how in one study they did, it was participants who did the same amount of exercise, but I don't know, one of the groups, in addition to the exercise, they were 
I don't know if they were like moving around more. It was comparing the difference basically to adding exercise in a situation where you're like sedentary compared to a situation where you're not. And the difference was like insane about how much weight was lost or gained. So I think with quarantine, that's, I think that's a huge thing. Like just the disruption. I think we don't account, even if we're trying to do a workout, I don't think it necessarily makes up for how our lives have been disrupted. But it's really nice to hear that from Sarah that you can, you know, use this time to come out stronger. I remember that was um, David Sinclair's takeaway when I interviewed him was like, use this as a time to grow stronger. Like use this as a time to work out and boost your immune system and rest and recover and yeah, it, it actually, I mean, even though I've always worked from home since I retired from teaching, working from home is not new for me, but having my husband home all the time has been new. <laughs> we worked through that. It took a while. He's finally used to being home all the time. He's officially on summer break as a college professor. He's a lot more cheerful now that he's on summer break instead of versus trying to work from home. I just have to say that. <laughs> but, you know, I've actually changed something. I am no longer using meal delivery companies right this minute. Did you know that, Melanie? Oh, I did not know that. I mean, this is a big shift. I have used them since 2016. Since 2016, I've used them like almost every single day since 2016, since I discovered them. You know, I was working at that time and it was so convenient. I'm now venturing out and working on my own my own meals. And it's really because I'm experimenting with eating right for my DNA macros. I mean, I'm not counting anything. I'm counting zero things. But since we had the conversation a couple weeks ago about, you know, our, our DNA macros a little bit, and I, I realized, gosh, I really could try to eat for mine a little better. So I'm doing more cooking. Let me scratch that. I had already been doing cooking, but I am doing the planning and like, it's different. You're not unpacking a bag with everything in it for the meal. It's like a whole different thing. I haven't cooked like this, like I said, since 2016. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> Learning a whole new skill set here. Planning is a different ballgame. That's the reason I've never personally used meal delivery services, because if you are following a, you know, if you're wanting to pay acute attention to the specific foods that you're eating each day, it usually doesn't mesh up with meal delivery services at all. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. They're very convenient and they're delicious and I love them and they work very well for me and I will go back to them in the future. But I'm experimenting. Like I said, you know, I just had another DNA analysis done with another company. I'll talk about them later on my podcast or in my Facebook groups, not for today. But, you know, after reading Mastering Diabetes and talking about it with you, I realized that what they recommend in Mastering Diabetes and what my DNA analysis said are like kind of the same. I'm like, huh, I really probably should try it and see see what happens since I talk about all the time how we're all different, you know, when it comes to what works for our bodies. It's like, maybe I should actually try eating that way and see what happens. That reminded me actually this week, well, that this week that we're recording, but not... Not the week that it's airing. It'll have been a while um, when this comes out, but I did just air the interview with Cyrus and Robbie of Mastering Diabetes. It's been so popular. Oh, my goodness. People in my group are, like, freaking out. <laughs> well, it's just, it's a whole new way of thinking about it compared to the most recent thinking of other people. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. I mean, it's really a paradigm shift. And I think one reason, because I know they've been interviewed on a lot of podcasts, but I think one reason, like, my interview with them was really special was I really tried to make it for a low-carb audience 
you know, just with that mind of that's, that's who they're talking to. So that's what we need to be discussing how it compares to that. So listeners, I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode. It's a paradigm shifter for sure. But I think it's, I think it's so huge. We go deep. Oh, something we talked about, which I think I already talked about on this podcast. We did discuss things like ordering of meals. Like if you're going to eat fat and carbs, like which order should you eat them in? We talked about things like literally how fat affects insulin sensitivity on the receptors of cells. It's very interesting. Might not be what you think. Their book was very interesting to me as well. And so it was just, like I said, those numbers made me say, huh, that's the same exact number that I see in my DNA recommendation. (laughs) So maybe I should really try it. So anyway, I'm still experimenting. It's brand new. But that's one reason that I was inspired to cook all my own meals because you you really can't, you know, when you get the meal delivery kits, I love them. And like I said, I'll probably go back to them. I don't know if this experiment will be forever. If I'll be like, yeah, this is how I want to live. Or if I'll just do it, you know, for a couple months and then say, all right, that was fun. But that's what you do with an experiment, right? You try it and you see what happens. Exactly. I do want to clarify one thing because a little bit in the episode, one of our sponsors on today's episode is ButcherBox, which is very exciting because they got so much demand with COVID that they've had a wait list for quite a while, but they're back now, which is really exciting. I wanted to clarify, yes, I do use them and that they're not a meal delivery service. They're just providing, I mean, I think they'll be obvious, but just in case. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm still ordering meat. Yeah. So it's it's very different. The meal delivery, the, the meal kit delivery, you get everything. Like, here's your little pouch of spices. Here's your, you know, it's completely a different thing. And so anyway, my husband likes to shop for me. He just likes to. He really, really likes to. Like, he got super mad when I was using Instacart. He's like, I want to go shop for you. I'm like, okay, fine. He's, you know, home for the summer. If he wants to go to the grocery store, three different grocery stores, go for it. So (laughs) he's off with my list trying to figure things out. It's really kind of funny. You sound like my parents. My mom's been texting. She's like, dad's finally figuring out what everything is because he likes going to the grocery store too. And so so now he's having to go with, you know, a list. And apparently he can't figure (laughs) out. Apparently, he can't figure out what anything is. Yeah, he's like, what is green curry paste? I'm like, look, I can't help you. I'm not there. You're going to have to (laughs) figure it out. He's like, well, where is it? I'm like, well, I don't really know. Again, I'm not there. (laughs) And my mom said my dad at the beginning was like bringing home just like the completely wrong things. Like, this is not (laughs) not what this list says. (laughs) (laughs) He's out trying to find the rest of the things. But earlier today, he called me four times from the grocery store. One shopping trip, four times. (laughs) It's great, though. I'm a lucky girl. I'm not complaining. He's like, well, you're busy. I'll go get it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. All right. We have another listener feedback. Okay. This comes from Bill. It's really short. It just says, the subject is just a note. He says, just dropping a note that I'm new to IF, but I love your show. Also, your explanation of the checking slash savings account in the PDF really helped me visualize how fat stores work in a very simple way. What a great, simple analogy. Thanks so much and keep the info coming. And so what he's referring to for listeners, we actually have a free guide for intermittent fasting. And I recently updated it, like very recently. It's very updated. The reason I updated it was I made it originally years ago. A listener emailed us and was like, I don't know, you might want to update this, <laughs> which I did. And so definitely get it. It has a lot of resources. It has a Q&A. It has a quick guide to intermittent fasting. It has a lot of our like links to things that we talk about. And it's completely free. So you can get it on our website, 
So just go to ifpodcast.com slash ifguide and you can get that. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. All right, time for some questions. We have a question from Deneen, and the subject is nose running. Hi, Jen and Melanie. I am a huge fan and love your books. I can't wait for Jen's new one, and I definitely pre-ordered it months ago. Thank you, Janine. I have been IFing since September of 2019 and typically do 18-6, 19-5, or 24 with clean fasts and two meals per day starting at 1 or 2 p.m. I had breast cancer in 2007, so I'm really doing IF for the health benefits and to keep the cancer away. But of course, I'd love to lose 10 pounds too. I'm cutting out wine right now to see if I can get there because alternate day fasting isn't really for me since I Peloton and do bar classes almost daily. I'm 5'8 and a 47-year-old mom of three, DD, grandma, but I hate using that word, to one and a teacher. I have dropped from a size 8 to a size 4 since September, and I've noticed a huge positive change in my body and energy levels. I definitely need energy with all of my kids and grandbaby living with us. My question is, is it normal for my nose to run when I open my window? It has been happening a lot lately. Why might this be happening? Thanks so much. Hi, Denine. So thank you so much for this question. So when I read this question, I initially had the answer that I thought was the answer. And, but then I did research to get you the actual specifics and all the details. So it was mostly what I thought, but there were more details than I realized. It is a very common thing for people's nose to run after eating. Really quick, Jen, do people talk about this in the Facebook groups? They do not. Yeah, I couldn't wait to hear what you were going to say about it because, you know, I hear a lot of things, but this is not one we hear. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say it, which, you know, I've heard a lot of wacky things. <laughs> That's interesting. I would have thought it would be more out there. Maybe people just don't associate it. Maybe it happens to more people, but they don't like put two and two together. Maybe. Basically, there are three types of, I think it's rhinitis, allergic, gustatory, and vasomotor. So when I read your question, I was thinking what turns out to be allergic or gustatory rhinitis. But all of these are your nose running because you're reacting to something. So in your case you are most likely reacting to the food. So allergic rhinitis, that's where it involves the immune system. So it's an actual food allergy. So if you have a food allergy, that's an IgE, it's possible that your nose might run after you eat a certain food. On the other hand, it can also be gustatory. And in that type of rhinitis, that's when a person nose runs after eating, but it's not actually an immune-related allergy reaction. So that often happens when people eat hot or spicy foods. And with hot and spicy foods specifically, they actually trigger a certain nerve that causes your nose to run. There's a lot of different trigger foods that can be associated with that. It also could just be a food sensitivity, like, you know, not IgE, but I don't know if that would qualify as gustatory or the allergic type. In either case, not that it doesn't matter, but it's you reacting to a food is the point. The last one I mentioned, vasomotor rhinitis, that as well includes foods, but it also includes other factors like alcohol, weather changes, hormonal changes, and a lot of other things. So basically, you're not going crazy. You are probably reacting to something in your food. What I'm guessing is, say it is an allergy or something, and you might think, why Why is it happening now and it wasn't happening before? It could be that the fasting is 
because you're entering the fasted state, your body is becoming more reactive and more aware to your food triggers. Kind of like when you clean up your diet and then you, you know, bring in a, a food that doesn't agree with you, you might experience a more severe reaction. So what I would suggest is play around with the foods that you're eating and see if it runs every single time you eat or if it's only certain foods. Yeah, I think you nailed it. That's what I would say, too. Yeah, all that. <laughs> You're right. But, but you know, try to see if you can find a connection between certain things. That's what I was going to say. Janine said it had been happening a lot lately, but not necessarily that it's happening every time. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So, you know. So, yeah, so definitely pay attention to what you're eating. And if you wanted to get more clarity, if they do food and environmental allergy panels that you can get actually through your conventional doctor, the ones that are IgE will be testing for actual allergies. Then there's also like IgG, IgM tests. Those are like food sensitivity tests, which are a little bit more complicated in that it's debated what they actually show and the results aren't always the same across labs, but for like straight up allergy, IgE is pretty reliable. Hi friends, are you experiencing chronic stress or anxiety, low mood, maybe insomnia? What about headaches or feeling exhausted or tired and wired? There's a lot going on in our world, so that all may not come as a surprise. But do you know what is a major factor contributing to and exacerbating all of that? Too much blue light. Well, it doesn't actually look blue, but our modern lighting and electronics are filled with a type of light in the blue spectrum, which is high energy. And historically, we would have only been exposed to during the very brightest time of day. But now we're exposed to it 24 seven and it's messing with our circadian rhythm, mood, and even health. We had Andy Mant, the founder of Blue Box, on the podcast for episode 165 to dive deep into all the nitty gritty of this. So definitely check out that episode for all the details. Andy realized just how detrimental overexposure to blue light is, and so he created the company Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks creates blue light blocking glasses, which actually block these specific wavelengths of blue light that you want to block to reduce stress, bring back a sense of calm, and regain your natural energy. They make blue light blocking glasses in every type to fit every occasion, including clear computer glasses, their yellow-tinged mood-boosting summer glow glasses, and their Sleep Plus glasses, which you can put on right before bed and instantly get tired. I'm not kidding. They also come in prescription, and for every pair that you buy, they donate a pair of glasses to someone in need. You can get 15% off their blue light blocking glasses at blueblocks.com with the coupon code IFPODCAST. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com with the coupon code IFPODCAST for 15% off your order. All right, now back to the show. All right, so the next question comes from Tracy. The subject is weight loss. Tracy says, Hello, thank you both for the wonderful podcast. I look forward to these every week. My question is, I've been doing IF for about five months pretty faithfully, and I have yet to lose any weight. I'm not overweight at all and maybe only need to or like to lose five to eight pounds. I'm a personal trainer and I have always eaten six meals a day. Yep, I prepped every meal every day. It's all I really knew in the fitness industry. I did a figure competition and after that, it really messed with my head and eating. 
It only took one to realize that it wasn't for me. My body changed a lot when I was in prep, but now that I'm just wanting to be healthy and fit, I've noticed my body looking different. I'm turning 50 in a month and would like to lean up a bit, but I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong or if my body is just happy where it's at. I have a feeding window of five hours, and during these five hours, I don't restrict at all. I just don't want to do that anymore, but I'm not losing anything. I clean fast, water and black coffee only. I do drink a half to a gallon of water a day. Do I even need that much anymore? So maybe it's a lot of water weight. It fluctuates a lot, and I do a daily weigh-in, then divide by seven to get my current weight. I guess what I'm trying to ask is that, can you do IF and never lose weight? I look forward to hearing from you. Love, Tracy from sunny California. All right, Tracy. So, yes, I think both Melanie and I are great examples of doing IF and losing zero weight. And you might be like, what? What are you talking about? But right now, Melanie and I have not been losing weight for, gosh, Melanie, how long has it been since you have not been losing weight? Years. Years. Like you've been at your current weight range without losing anymore for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> So it is absolutely possible to do IF and not lose weight if you're at a weight that your body is happy with. And that's what happened for me. You know, I lost the weight that my body wanted to lose. And then I got to the weight range that I am now. And I have stayed here for years without having to micromanage what I'm doing, without having to worry about what I'm eating, without having to consciously diet. I eat until I'm satisfied every day. I don't count anything, and my body stays the way it is. Now, I did just talk about how I am experimenting with my my eating a little bit, still not counting anything. But it's not for the purpose of trying to lose more weight. It's really just to see what happens. I mean, if I did start losing weight, I probably would stop the experiment because I don't want to, you know, lose weight out of all my clothes and have to get all new smaller clothes. So basically what I have found for me, is what I'm doing is my maintenance protocol for the weight that I am right now. And if I did want to lose more weight, I would have to really change something up. What I have realized is it's very easy to maintain your weight with intermittent fasting in a range when your body is happy at that weight. And since you would like to lose five to eight pounds, now since you've got the figure competition background, I bet you have had, you know, some some amazing body composition in the past and you probably have an idea in your head that you would like to get back down, you know, to, to something a little more like that, when really that might not be your body type that, that your body wants to stay long term. I think that probably your past figure competition years probably showed you that maintaining that type of physique takes a whole lot of effort. And so even with intermittent fasting, trying to get to a weight that is below your body's happy place is hard. You can get there if you work, 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 work at it, but staying there then will be hard. So for me, the range that I've been in, yeah, I've still got some flab here and there. I I never have lost that. You know, so I could say I'm on the world's longest plateau, but really what it is is this is just where my body is happy and this is where I've stayed. I hope that all makes sense. Did I explain it well, Melanie? Do you understand what I was saying? Yeah. No, I thought that was great. You know what I immediately thought of with Tracy's question? What? Our interview with Wade recently and Matt by Optimizers. Because remember, he was talking about how he was bodybuilding and everything and then what that did to his body and how there needs to be more of a focus on how to have a healthy diet after that type of lifestyle. And it can also mess with your mind because you're used to a certain physique and 
you know, it takes a lot of effort. And maybe you don't want to do that effort for the rest of your life, work that hard at it. I, I don't. I want to enjoy myself and be relaxed and flexible. And if that means I'm going to be cellulite on my thighs, I'll just be cellulite Yeah, and that's exactly what Tracy said. She said it really messed with her head. Now she doesn't want to restrict. She doesn't want to you know, do any of that anymore. So something I would encourage for you, Tracy, is, so Jen said it perfectly, yes, you can do IF and never lose weight. It might be a thing where you have to evaluate what you want. So she doesn't mention what she's eating at all, right? She just says... Well, she did say that she is not restricting at all. In her five-hour window, she's not restricting at all. So it might be a thing where you have to weigh what you want. Like, do you want to lose the five or eight pounds and not address your food choices at all? Or do you want to address your food choices and potentially lose the weight? What I would encourage you to do is, I don't know what you're eating now, but... It is possible that just by changing the types of foods you're eating, you can still eat, quote, all you want. And if it's a significant change in what you're eating, it's possible you would lose the weight. So you wouldn't have to feel restricted. You know, you would have the rules about what those foods are, and then you could eat unlimited of those foods and see what that does. And there are two specific things I'm like talking about. If you're eating a processed diet now, switching to a whole foods diet could really, really make a difference. And then the second thing would be if you're not, I don't know if this is not something you want to do mentally from your past days, but we were talking about different macros. So if you do want to try a lower fat approach or a lower carb approach where that's the thing that you are, quote, restricting, but still allowing yourself to eat all you want, that's an option to try as well. But something that's really important is you said, I'm just wanting to be healthy and fit. So that would actually be, especially like going, if you're not doing whole foods diet right now, that would definitely be in support of being healthy and fit. So I think there's a way to really get excited about this and think, okay, what foods can I eat that will support my health, make me fit, and I will still get to eat, quote, all I want in my window without feeling restricted. So that's what I would encourage you to think about. Perfect. Yeah. You know, like I said, I'm experimenting with what I'm choosing to eat to try to get a little more close to my DNA analysis recommendations. And it was really eye-opening when I realized how low 15% of fat really is. It's super low. So I'm just, you know, holding back on the butter and the olive oil and the delight with which I was eating a lot of fat. But I am eating until I'm satisfied every single day of delicious, high-quality foods. And I, you know, I refuse to feel restricted, if that makes sense. I refuse to ever feel like I'm dieting or restricting or or even counting again. I'm never going to do that. Never. So, you know, I'm satisfied and full every day and and everything is delicious. That's it. My food has to be delicious. I have to love it. That's, you know, what's really important to me. And something to keep in mind is I think people, unless they've experienced it, it's hard to understand just how much your taste buds and your cravings will change and adapt to the food choices you make. Like you might see yourself only ever craving and wanting the food you're eating right now, but I can almost guarantee you if you make a switch to something else and stick it out for a while, you're likely, you might find yourself starting to crave that food instead. So it's like, why not make it a situation where you're craving the foods that are supporting the body you want? Exactly. All right. Shall we go on to the next question? Sure. This is from Kelly and the subject is flavored lip scrubs. Hi, ladies. I am new to IF. I've been doing it for three weeks now, and I have to say it is not as scary and difficult as I originally thought it would be. Yay! 
Many of my coworkers at my job live this lifestyle, and they are the ones that inspired me to try it. After starting this new office 9-to-5 job last May, I put on 20 pounds. This is my first job in three years that I'm not on my feet walking around most of the day, and this lifestyle shift hit me hard. So I figured I should follow the advice of my coworkers and try this out. I've lost two pounds so far, which is fine with me. Slow and steady wins the race. However, one of my coworkers mentioned that using a flavored lip gloss slash lipstick could break my fast and spike my insulin due to the prolonged exposure to my lips and mouth. Well, as a lipstick addict, I guess my first three weeks barely counted because 90% of my collection had a flavor to it. Ugh. I have two questions. Number one, what are some non-flavored lip glosses you can recommend? And two, would using a flavored lip scrub potentially break my fast as well? Since it is very common to get some of the remaining bits of the edible flavored scrub in my mouth during the process, which I don't typically mind because it's tasty, but now I'm worried that it will also break my fast. Thank you so much. Listening to you answer all the random listener questions just like this one is so helpful. Best of luck and continued success, Kelly. All right, Kelly. I got really excited about this question. (laughs) I bet Jen can imagine. So thank you so much for your question. Well, first of all, we can just answer the general idea of what a flavor in a lip item, scrub, chapstick, lipstick, whatever it may be, would that break the fast? I'm going to direct that to Jen. Well, here's the thing. I actually have this in Fast Feast Repeat as a question in the Frequently Asked Questions section because we get this a lot. We do not have any scientific study that I've ever been able to find on lip balm flavors and insulin response. Okay, so let's just get that out there. So we have to look at what we do know. Number one, we know about the cephalic phase insulin response to when our brain thinks we're having, you know, food, like something sweet, like like cherry-flavored lip gloss, for example. Cherries, our brain's going to be like, oop, cherries are coming in, so I'm going to release some insulin to deal with this cherry that this person is eating. That could actually happen. Theoretically, we can understand how it could. They do call those flavors. And I've actually heard group members say, gosh, I realized that when I used, you know, my blank, blank flavored lip gloss that I noticed it made me feel shaky or it made me feel hungrier. So that, you know, might sound crazy or like overkill or ridiculous, but there's definitely, you know, some science we could connect to why that might be so. So personally, I use peppermint flavored Burt's Bees. Yeah, peppermint is a food flavor, but for whatever reason, peppermint, my body does not associate peppermint Burt's Bees with foods coming in. Because, you know, I know when I accidentally do have something that breaks my fast, and I use peppermint Burt's Bees every single day, all the time. And also, the wow drops that are made from peppermint essential oil, I can freshen my breath with those. They don't have any sweeteners, and I do not have any kind of response. So, I know that for myself. They also have unflavored lip balms that you can use. And, and, you know, just to be completely safe, you could try those until you know what the clean fast feels like. So that might sound silly. It might feel like overkill. But, you know, my body is pretty sensitive to things. And so I would avoid anything with a fruity or vanilla or sweet, you know, food-like flavor like those during the fast. Yes. And so then on top of that... So that's the aspect of does the flavor break the fast by affecting insulin? And 
there's that aspect, but then there's actually a whole other aspect to lipsticks, lip care, and makeup in general. And it's the fact that most of our conventional skincare, especially lipstick, is pretty high typically in endocrine disruptors. And what endocrine disruptors are, they are compounds and chemicals that affect our hormones. And what are our hormones often in charge of? <laughs> the status basically of our weight and our metabolism and everything like that. And there was actually a recent study that I was reading doing a review of endocrine disruptors, specifically ones called obesogens. And that study, their theory or hypothesis was that one of the main reasons that we have all of this, you know, obesity today and inability to lose weight might not be entirely the exercise and food side of things as much as the endocrine exposure that we're exposed to. Because basically when we take in these compounds, what they do is our body registers them as toxins, which they are <laughs> oftentimes, and they're naturally stored in fat by their very nature. So our body puts them into fat stores to protect us. And then once they're in the fat stores, they actually self-perpetuate themselves. So it's kind of like they send out signals to the rest of the body to store more fat. And they also you're talking about insulin. They've actually found in studies that they actually affect insulin. You know, we're talking about does the flavor of the lip gloss break the fast, but it actually might be affecting your insulin on a much deeper level by the compounds and chemicals found within it from those building up in your body. They've also found that it affects our hormones leptin, which makes us feel full, and ghrelin, which makes us feel hungry and not in a good way. <laughs> it basically makes us more hungry and less full. So it's really, really shocking. And then on top of that, the reason I became so obsessed with paying attention to clean skincare wasn't specifically through endocrine disruptors. It was through heavy metals after experiencing heavy metal toxicity and actually lipstick. They've done recent tests and 60% of conventional lipsticks in the U.S. tested very high in lead. It's actually one of our main exposures to lead because they've banned lead and like paint now and things like that. But we actually often get it through our lipstick. And it wasn't just lead. It was actually eight other heavy metals as well. And it might not seem like a big deal. Like how much of a big deal can it make? You know, I'm just putting on a little bit. Like, can it really be that big of a deal? Yes, <laughs> it is. So the average man uses six skincare products per day. The average female uses 12. And when you're using that every single day, it builds up in our system because it goes into our body. And then, like I said, it, it doesn't encourage immediate excretion. It encourages storing itself and building up. So if you really want to clean up your fast and always, you might want to take into consideration what you're putting on your body through your skincare and makeup. So that's why I personally use, actually Jen and I both, we are fans of Beauty Counter. So they were actually founded on a mission to remove endocrine disruptors from skincare. The founder made the connection of endocrine disruptors with, I don't know if it was her, I gotta look this up so I get it right. It was her sister or her cousin. It was somebody she knew who was having, I think problems getting pregnant. It was fertility problems and realized the connection to endocrine disruptors. So she started researching what what is our exposure to endocrine disruptors and realized that our makeup is one of our main main ways that we get that. So she decided to start a company to make skincare makeup that is free of that because the U.S. government does not regulate it, even though the European government has banned thousands of chemicals as being endocrine disruptors and the U.S. has banned less than 10, <laughs> which I just can't even say with a straight face, but it's true. If you'd like to learn more about specifically how the endocrine disruptors might be, I don't want to say breaking your fast, but at least 
making your fast less effective and working against you and your goals to lose weight. I did a whole blog post where I went through the studies, did all the science. So that's at melanieavalon.com slash fat skincare. So you can definitely try the beauty counter products. Their lip glosses don't have any artificial flavors, but they do use natural things. So You'd have to try and see if it might be a problem for starting. Like what Jen was saying, some people react, some people don't. So you'd have to try it out and see. So you'd really have to try it on a case-by-case basis, but at least you can feel good about the downstream effects that it will not be leading to endocrine disruption and obesogen buildup in your body. They do have a scrub as well, but it's definitely something you're going to want to use in your eating window. Because of the ingredients, it would probably spike some insulin. So basically the takeaway of everything is when it comes to what you're putting on your lips, two things to keep in mind. Is the flavor for you creating that insulin response? And then are the ingredients in that lipstick putting things into your body that are really working against your metabolism, your insulin, your fat storage, all of that. So if you'd like to try any of the beauty counter products, you can get them at melanieavalon.com slash beauty counter. And if you use that link, something really special and magical might happen after you place your first order. Kelly, if you use that link and don't get one of the lip glosses and get something else, you might end up getting one of the lip glosses. Just saying that. (laughs) A little bit of subterfuge going on there. Melanie, do you use their shampoo? Yes, it's amazing. I do too. At first I was like, they only have one kind of shampoo and conditioner, so what if it doesn't work for my hair? I mean, my husband is like, your hair looks so good since I switched, which is crazy. Because I would try different shampoos and they wouldn't work well for my hair. So I was like, well, the chances that this is going to work well for my hair are slim to none. But I'm going to try it because I'm switching over to Beauty Counter. It works great. That makes me so happy. Yeah. But I mean, just yesterday, he's like, your hair, it looks so good. I mean, I'm not making this up. (laughs) That sounds fake, but it's true. Yeah, I switched because I'd been using a, a shampoo called Free and Clear that I was ordering off of Amazon. That was, I mean, it was like all chemicals, but basically chemicals that I guess people don't really react to. But I switched to Beauty Counter Shampoo and Conditioner, and my hair was like, the next day was like, I don't know. It was like I had like done something to it really amazing. <laughs> so I was like, this is great. Actually, it took me a couple days. Like, it was weird at first. What were you using before? Um, Like a Paul Mitchell. Yeah. I had a few days of adjustment, and it was weird. It was the adjustment phase for hair, and it was wacky. And then it got better, and it was, like, great. So I'm glad I stuck to it. I wonder if it was because, I'm just, like, thinking aloud, since you were using a product that might have had stuff in it that was affecting, you know, your the texture and the feel of your hair, maybe it was kind of like you had to transition, you know, out of that, compared to me where I was using basically something that was putting, like, nothing in my hair. So I immediately saw the benefits. Yeah, I think so. You're probably right. So now I just wanted to put that out there just because, you know, Somebody could try it and then be like, oh, I hate this. This is terrible. But it just, my hair was weird for just a few days. Hi, friends. Are you searching for access to grass-fed, grass-finished beef, heritage breed pork, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood shipped straight to your door? If so, then you'll probably be a major fan, just like we are, of ButcherBox. ButcherBox is truly doing incredible things for our world, and it is my true honor to partner with them. They're working directly with responsible farmers and cutting out the middleman of the grocery store to provide affordable access to meat and seafood, which supports both our health and the environment. Did you know, for example, that only 5% of, quote, 
Grass-fed beef is actually grass-finished, meaning it was raised 100% in pasture. Well, guess what? With ButcherBox, it's grass-finished. Their chicken is also GAP certified. Their pork and bacon is traditional breed, rich in flavor and nutrients, and free of nitrates and added sugar. It all tastes amazing, and they offer a variety of boxes so you can find your perfect fit that works for you and your family. To learn more about their practices and get on their waitlist, you can go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast. So we have one more question. This is from Kristen. The subject is IF without weight loss. And Kristen says, recently discovered your podcast and enjoying it. I haven't finished listening to all the episodes, but thus far there appears to be an emphasis on weight loss. My height is 5'1 and I weigh 97 pounds. I tried 16.8 and 19.5 and both times felt great, but lost weight I don't need to lose. Any tips for those of us who don't want to use IF for weight loss, but who want to experience the physiological benefits such as autophagy? Yeah, you know, my husband does a loose 16-8, and he never needed to lose weight, never needed to, never tried to, has never done a diet in his life. He does it strictly for the health benefits. He has a PhD in medicinal chemistry. The science really sold him. So, you know, he opens his window with, like, lunch or brunch or depending on, you know, what day of the week it is, he'll have something and midday and then he has dinner later. And so loose eight hour window for him. And he actually did lose some weight at first. He had been eating breakfast his whole entire life, but he realized how much better he felt not eating breakfast. And so he lost a little bit of weight. Again, he doesn't weigh, so we don't know, but he had to get like his pants taken in. Like he took him to the seamstress and she took him in a little bit, uh, his shirts, a few things taken in. But then he stabilized. So that's just one thing to keep in mind. You know, you might lose a little and then stabilize. You're not just going to keep losing forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You know, eventually your weight's going to stabilize where your body is happy. You know, if 16.8 takes you lower than you want to be, then, you know, change it up an hour. 15.9. You never hear of anybody doing 15.9, but... Try a little 15.9 and see what happens. 14.10. You know, there's so many ways to, to make it work. You could even alternate, you know, 12.12 one day, 16.8 the next. And, you know, that, that would give you the slightly longer fast on the 16.8 days, you know, with the 12.12 on the other days. There's really no end to how many different ways you could experiment to see what happens here. You can also address what you're eating in the window, you know, because certain food combinations and macros are more likely to lead to weight loss, whereas others aren't. Especially if you're really interested in autophagy, you could try lower protein days and you might find that doing so enhances the autophagy, but then protein's actually very satiating. So you might find that you can actually take in more calories on lower protein days. It's like the question we opened with about can you you know, can you do IF and never lose weight? And we were saying, you know, maybe you do have to address what you're eating in that window. This is kind of like the flip side answer, but same answer. What are you eating in that window? And what would be the foods that the healthy foods, you know, for you, the foods that support your health, but don't lead to, you know, weight loss. Yep. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you'd like to submit your own questions for the podcast, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. You can follow us on in Instagram. 
We are the IF podcast. Jen, you have to look at it today. The post is so funny. On Instagram, I am at Melanie Avalon. Jen is at Jen Stevens. You can join my Facebook group if you like. That's IF Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting Plus Real Foods Plus Life. Get Jen's new book, Fast Feast Repeat, which is out in stores now. <laughs> Yay! Oh, here's a funny story. Somebody in the group just sent me a message. Apparently, there's like this knockoff version showing up already. I mean, I'm not, it's not counterfeited, but like meal planner for fast feast repeat, the comprehensive guide to delay, don't deny intermittent fasting. You can buy that. You can buy the meal planner for fast feast repeat. But then I looked, they also sell meal planners for all of the other books too. So why, why, why people? <laughs> yeah. All right. Don't buy that one. I mean, <laughs> buy the, buy the real one. Buy the real one. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful, and I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.